Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing the amazing Justin Long from the Spring Hill Equine Veterinary Clinic, and I'm sure I didn't do that justice. Justin, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. It's great to be here. It is great to have you. For all of you listening or watching, stay tuned because, yes, we are going to have a business and marketing conversation off of the back of the Equine Veterinary Clinic. Uh, Justin's done some pretty awesome stuff. So let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Uh, I met my wife. She was already an equine veterinarian, and uh, we met when we were 38. So it was kind of a midlife change for me. And uh, I got to move to Florida because she had an established business and I was just working for another company. So I wasn't seriously invested in anything, but I kind of got dumped into the deep end of the pool with all this. I, I was interested in, in trying to run a small business. I've worked for large businesses. I've never worked for a small one. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts, watched a lot of videos. And my wife's mother is a business consultant. So I had a good resource there. And the rest of it has just been figuring it out as I go. All right. So how I, I know you have a whole bunch of different methods that are applicable, you know, to everybody who's watches or listens to this. Let's talk about what are some of the challenges in marketing all equine horse vet clinic? Um, it's mostly you're battling other marketing, I think, and, and horse owner knowledge. So so as an equine vet clinic, we're, we're coming at it from the medical aspect, but we're up against uh, major big time companies that produce a lot of supplements and stuff like that. It's like everything that you would find in a human health goods, health food store, you know, they make that for horses too. 
And just like the human health food stuff, 99% of it is crap and it doesn't have anything in it that says it does and all that. So, but they're really good at marketing. And so we, we try to, to deal with the misinformation aspect of that and educate our clients on what their horses actually need and where their dollars are best spent. Okay. So that's a fascinating marketing challenge. Now, forgive. Uh, so I'm going to learn along with everybody else about the equine veterinary market. And I know nothing about the area of Florida where you are. Are there, do you, do you have any idea? Have you, can you do the research and find out how many households in your area, your radius or whatever own horses? Uh, over 30,000. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 30,000 ho- people own horses in relative close distance to you. Yeah, probably more than that. Uh, we are adjacent to Ocala, Florida, which is uh, the number three densest horse population in the world. So, wow. I had uh, no idea. A lot of a lot of the thoroughbred industry takes place in Ocala. All the racehorses that you see at the at the big shows and stuff come from from here. So okay, yeah, so I had stuff. no idea. So that's good target market research <laughs> if you're in the right place where there's plenty of horse owners. Yep. Um, how do you have any idea how many how much competition do you have? How many other equine veterinary clinics are there? There's a lot uh, in Ocala proper. There's probably fifty or seventy-five. We've got wow. about fifteen direct competitors in our region. We try not to overlap with a lot of the racehorse stuff, but there's a lot of competition here because it is a, a, a lot of horses. This is where the money's at. Absolutely. All right. So, how do you differentiate yourself? I know you talked about like the supplement companies, but uh, on a granular level, how do you stand out from, let's say, the fifteen other equine veterinary clinics? Uh, that is one thing that we've worked really hard on. And the very first thing that we do is, is we, we came up with our mission as our, our business mission, which is to make the world a better place for horses. And we try to, to mold everything that we do around that. And in, in our opinion, the best way to make the world a better place for horses is to educate horse owners. So we do a, a lot of YouTube videos. We've got a podcast that comes out every two weeks. We've got I wrote a book series called The Adventures of the Horse Doctor's Husband, which is mostly entertaining, but it's a lot of onboarding in that too. So we, we try to educate people through the books and, and, and help them kind of build a relationship with us that way. And, and that's something that we thought was going to be for our local clients, but it's turned out to be a global thing. We've got people all over the world listening to the podcast and reading the books. Uh, we do monthly seminars. We, we do all these things that none of the other equine veterinarians in our area are doing. And that outreach, you know, we have a huge Facebook presence. Uh, that, that outreach like that makes a difference. People connect with us. They're familiar with us. They're, they're, we're the trusted source of information and knowledge on this stuff. And so we've just established ourselves as the authority on equine medicine. Well, congratulations on doing that. It sounds like you're doing everything everyone should be, but they either don't know or don't do it. So you get to be in a competitive vacuum. So I heard podcasts. I heard videos. I heard books. Uh, tell us about the podcast. Now, the podcast is called Straight from the Horse Doctor's Mouth, and we, we use that as, as me being a non-horse person. I don't know that much about horses, especially when we started, just interviewing my wife, who is the horse expert, about, uh, so far, we've got 103 episodes out there, so 103 different topics about horse health, and it's a very, very low-level stuff. It's anybody can listen to it and learn something and pick stuff up, but um it's also, we really get granular and in-depth with some of the topics that we talk about, like what's going on inside of a hoof when your horse has laminitis and things like that, that most people wouldn't know anything about, but a horse person is super interested in because something like that can kill your horse. And you have no way to know that it's happening if you don't know the warning signs. So, so we really try to impart a lot of 
really helpful information that will help people be better horse owners. But we also use that to train our clients into being better horse owners and better clients. But I think a lot of people don't understand how to have a relationship with their veterinarian. And so we use this podcast as a way to tell people things that we can't tell them directly because it would be insulting or demeaning or something like that. But you can put it out in a podcast and say, look, if your horse was colicking at 10 o'clock in the morning and it's now 10 o'clock at night, you've been trying to avoid you know, the, the expenditure of calling the vet or whatever, you know, calling us at 10 o'clock at night is, is a bad plan all the way around because A, your horse is 12 hours into this and the longer it goes, the harder it is to deal with. B, we could have worked this into our workday at some point, but now you're getting us out of bed to come see it in the middle of the night. And C, it's going to cost you a whole lot more money than it would have if you just dealt with it off the bat. So you, it, that's an awkward conversation to have with somebody, right? But, but you can use the podcast as a platform to educate horse owners in general. And people talk to each other about that kind of stuff. And it just helps change the culture of, of the horse industry in general. And that's a great educational tool. Do you ever interview anyone else? We do on occasion. Um, we've, we've got a lot of experts in our area. We've got the University of Florida's veterinary school right here in Gainesville. So there's some really high level experts on, on various things in there, like, you know, diseases and, and genetics and stuff like that. So we bring uh, some of the, the senior nutritionists from Purina have been on the show and things like that. So we, we try to bring in experts when it's appropriate, but it's mostly just us. How do you get the horse owner eyeballs on the show to your books, to all of those things that you're to the YouTube videos? How, how do you get them to find you? It's a lot of Facebook ads and everything else is word of mouth. We, we've tried a wide variety of things, but, uh, but we also use all of the different avenues that we do to onboard people to the other things that we have. So if you're, if you're watching a YouTube video, you're going to see something about our podcast or uh, our books. If you're listening to the podcast, you're going to hear about our YouTube channel and our Facebook channel and, and our books and our seminars. And if you're at one of our seminars, you're going to hear about all of this stuff. So we, everything is, is, is a funnel to lead into the rest of this stuff. So even if you're not local and going to be a client, uh, we've had quite a few people that have moved into the area because it's a popularity of your horses and they were podcast listeners. And we even have a patron account for our, our podcast. So we've got like the, the super listeners. So we get income from that, but we also get people moving into the area that have read the books or listened to the podcast and then they end up becoming clients. So, you know, those are our long-term onboarding tools as well. So uh, word of mouth, I would say, is probably our biggest followed by Facebook ads. That is awesome. Word of mouth speaks volumes, obviously, to the work that you're doing. If people are telling other horse owners about you, do you, have, do, you do anything specific to generate that word of mouth? Is there any type of intentional referral culture creation, or is this just coming about from doing a great job taking care of the animals? I will tell you the, the best secret that, that we have for word of mouth is giving people a $10 discount on their bill when they check in on Facebook, when they come to, to get their vaccines or whatever it is that they're at the vet clinic for. And people, people see that that other person who is also a horse owner checked in at Spring Hill Equine. And even though it's not, it's not us saying anything, it's their friends saying that indirectly. And that has been a huge, huge, huge resource for us. That's a great idea. What happens Talk a little bit. You talked about your onboarding and indoctrination. How does that work? Tell us a little bit about that process for a new patient. Uh, it depends on how they come to us, but almost always, you know, we, we have a new client form and we ask them how they heard about us. And it's, it's almost always that they heard from a friend. 
Um, we've, like I said, we have had a few that have, that have come from uh, books or, or from the podcast or have been people who have been coming to our seminars for a long time and sort of, you know, feeling this out. But through all of those resources, it's, it's people, by the time they actually become a client, they already feel like they know the doctors. They feel like they have a relationship with this, which that's what it's, I mean, that's, that's the foundation of, of being successful in just about any business is having a relationship with your, with your clients. Right. So absolutely. I think that helps separate us from the other equine veterinarians around here who don't have any sort of public positioning like that is that if you go meet them, you're meeting them for the first time. If you come meet us, you feel like you already know us. Yeah, that is absolutely well done. Um, you talked, you said seminars, tell us about your seminars. We have a seminar once a month and it's, Really, it's the same thing as the as the podcast or or anything else that we do. And then we pick a topic and, and we put on a show, talk about it for an hour. And we, you know, we'll do a slideshow and we probably end up with 30 to 50 people there in person, but we also broadcast it on Facebook and YouTube at the same time. So we'll end up with a couple hundred people watching on there as well. And again, that, that's an opportunity for us to educate our clients, to help them become better horse owners, which fulfills our mission of making the world a better place for horses, but it also onboards new clients. And it introduces people to the clinic that may not know about us because, you know, friends bring friends to the, to the seminar. We go hang out and eat a piece of pizza and, and have spend an hour, you know, learning something about our horse. So we try to make it fun and engaging and something that people want to bring other people to. And it works. That's awesome. What, um, am I allowed to ask what's the average value of a patient? Um, a horse tends to live around 20 to 30 years and annual healthcare, assuming that nothing goes wrong is going to cost you around 500 bucks. But if it's a sport horse, you're probably getting a little bit more stuff done to it because it's, it's, it's an athlete. So you might have some joint injections or some, some lameness evaluation, stuff like that done. So we figure roughly about a thousand dollars a year per horse is, is the value of that. And most people have more than one horse. So, so if our average client has three horses and two of them are athletes and one of them is a retiree, we consider that about a $2,500 annual value for probably 20 years, maybe more. That's, that's a good transaction value that allows you to do a whole lot of marketing to find them. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, putting out the, the podcast and the time that we spend on that, just getting two or three clients off of that makes the entire thing worthwhile. Even if we never had patrons supporting us every month, which we do. So that, and the books, you know, we spent some money putting the books together and, and, and getting them out there, but that has paid for itself many, many times over through new clients and book sales. So, you know, all of these resources that initially look like they cost money when you compare it to the, the value of, of getting one long-term client off of that, like it's unbelievable. Absolutely. What do you like best about what you're doing? I love the freedom to, to explore and try out new things. Um, I think that's probably my biggest thing. I'm a creative guy. So I do an awful lot of stuff at the clinic. I'm the bookkeeper. I pay the bills. I find new employees when we need that. And I fix broken things because horses break shit all the time. But, you know, the ability for me to explore writing, I'd never written a book before I met my wife or to learn how to make videos. And, you know, we've gone from broadcasting stuff on a, with a cell phone to a full television studio in our barn. So uh, I love that stuff, like doing the podcast. I just, I really enjoy the creative aspect of all this stuff and having the freedom to go try out new things and see what works. 
what haven't you tried yet that's on your list to get around to at some point? Uh, I want to do a television show. I want to do a reality show about life in the vet clinic. And that is, that is the next big thing on my radar is, is to produce that. That sounds awesome. I bet you that would be, you're going to have to manufacture some more drama probably. <laughs> oh, it's, it's never ending. There's plenty of that. All right. For our folks who might be in the equine industry who want to learn more, where is the best place for them to go to learn about the clinic? Uh, the clinic is springhillequine.com. And it's got links to all of our stuff. We've got our social media, our books, our podcasts, our videos, YouTube channel. All that is at springhillequine.com. And we have a, a weekly blog up there called Tuesdays with Tony that is another great tool for us. Uh, that is a blog written from the perspective of our office cat. And he can also say things to people that people can't say to people. So he can be very direct and snarky about things. And, uh, and that's been a really good, good tool for us. So I highly recommend writing a blog from the cat's perspective. Yes, I love that you took uh, Dan, a technique I learned from Dan Kennedy, but obviously didn't originate with him in terms of right, creating a character for an animal. And then, you know, whether it was a church mouse or yep. the horse cat and then yeah. writing from their perspective. That's great. <laughs> All right. Um, for anything else you want to share that I didn't think to ask you yet? Uh, I just I, I can't overemphasize the, the power of using all of the, the media resources available to you to reach out to people. And it doesn't matter what you do. If you're a, a plumber or a carpenter or a banker or whatever, you know, people want to know more about that stuff. And everything that everybody knows today is learned from YouTube. So if you're not on YouTube, you're, you're missing the mark. And, and podcasting is huge. You know all about the, the typical podcast audience. Who's listening to podcasts? So there's, there's so many resources out here, and it doesn't cost anything to use them. Like, get going on it. Absolutely. Well, we know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate it. This has been Seth Green with Justin Long from SpringHillEquine.com. Justin, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show. Our pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text pitch to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.